First of all, I want to give a, a, shout, a little shout out today, um, kind of a full send shout out to, uh, to, to Amos Smith. Where's Amos? He just walked up. Amos, um, in his, in his uh, shepherd group last week, uh, you know, you guys last week, Mr. Veach was talking about time and the way you invest your time and how do you, how do you serve uh, with your time. And he mentions in, in, his, in his small group, hey, one of the ways I want to serve is helping out with the Junior High Friday Night Live uh, this past, uh, past Friday. And pretty much his whole small group uh, all came this last Friday to help out. Super grateful for them. Um, Amos was out cleaning something else up when I took, uh, took this picture. But definitely, uh, definitely a full send uh, there. And I just, I really appreciate that as we're in this whole series of blessed to bless, right? Um, understanding, hey, God has richly blessed me with some time. And, and how do I invest that? What am I, what am I seeking? As, as, uh, as Casey was talking about last week, am I seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? Um, or am I seeking first uh, self? Um, and just, uh, just an awesome practical application that the world does not just revolve around me. And I think all the guys here uh, had a ton of fun uh, throwing dodgeballs at other people, whacking people with pool noodles and other uh, great uh, excitement. Um, speaking, of, uh, speaking of full send, uh, you know, and don't, Lee did not pay me to do this. Uh, I'm just throwing this out there. Another important announcement uh, for you, full send has now uh, gone international. I was in Haiti uh, last week. There we go with, uh, <laughs> with that. Um, you know, it was in Haiti last week. It's going, uh, going around the world. Lee is, look how excited Lee is over there. Um, hey, in, in all seriousness, a couple of the big goals for why we were there in Haiti, we were administering a scholarships to, uh, for uh, local kids to go to the school there. Um, which a lot of you gave money towards, and I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, and the families there just have this deep gratitude and appreciation. It's not like here where there is a public school that you can go to, so if you don't have money, you can't, you can't send your kid to school. And I mean, I've had some heartbreaking conversations with some dads that are, and moms that are like, man, hey, I'm so grateful for the scholarship. You know, I have two kids, and we were debating which kid got to come to school this year, and now both of them come, can come to school. Um, it, it is uh, huge, huge for them. Uh, so we were able to provide scholarships for 110 kids uh, to go to school this year, um, and uh, really appreciate uh, your help with that. Um, we spent a lot of time uh, doing a bunch of different fixing, uh, fixing a bunch of things, installing electricity in a few different uh, places and areas. In particular, here um, there's a couple of classrooms that are in the back of the school that don't really have any natural light. Uh, in it, so able to put some lights in there. So, I mean, imagine trying to learn how to read without any light. Um, not the uh, easiest, uh, easiest thing to do. And uh, as always, there's, a, there's about 50 kids under Pastor Francois and Pastor Alden's care there uh, in the orphanage. We spent a lot of time uh, just playing with them. There's me playing cards with them. We had a kind of a movie night one night where we turned this garage uh, into a little movie theater. I know a lot of you uh, here have been with me there and, and seen some of these things. We did s'mores with them uh, on the last uh, night. And just other just hanging out, goofy things. Um, you know, I think they're a lot, they're a lot like you where they're, they, want a, they want a future. They're trying to figure things out uh, in life. And they just want someone to play with, someone to hang out with, someone to, to love them, show them that they, they matter and they have 
uh, they have value. Uh, here we are in the uh, top left there. Uh, we, there's a, a soccer field about, I don't know, 10 minutes away uh, that the kids love to go and play in. But, uh, so here we are piling 19 people uh, in a, a Toyota, Toyota Highlander. So it's, you know, America is a car for five there. It's a car for 19. Uh, got a bunch of people on everyone's laps. I guess I was somewhat spared because I was driving the car. Um, but, uh, but it was a, a blast to be, uh, be with them, just playing, uh, playing soccer, playing a bunch of uh, other things, and, uh, and just um, hanging out. Uh, now, I know last week a lot of you guys were praying for me. Re- really appreciate uh, that. Uh, concerned with the, the um, kidnappings uh, that, that have made uh, the news uh, a lot. Now, um, we were in a completely different part of the country, uh, the place where the, the 17 Americans were uh, kidnapped. It's a very lawless uh, part. So please continue to pray for them. Pray for justice. Uh, pray for justice in those situations. Because the real sad thing is the different kidnappings and, and instability that's happening there are just making things harder for the people there. The poor are getting poorer, um, not, any, not any better. Um, it means less foreign investments, fewer jobs, more, short, more shortages. I mean, they're not, they haven't had uh, uh, gasoline uh, in Pion in a few months, the town we're in, because the roads from where the port is and where you can get gas from, uh, from other countries into Pion, uh, there's a few different areas that are kind of controlled by some gangs and no trucks can get through. And so they're like, yeah, well, we just haven't had gas. At this, you know, there's two gas stations down, haven't had gas in a few months. And just, it, it is, um, it's just really, really hard uh, for them. So please continue to pray for them. Pray for the release of those hostages and pray for justice uh, in the country. Um, speaking of, of poor, uh, as we're consider- continuing this series, Blessed to Bless, I want to put something in perspective for us here, Okay. Um, median household income in Loudoun County is, uh, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, is $142,000 a year, okay? So what that means is if you have, uh, if you took 1,000 families in Loudoun County, right, and you kind of lined them up from who, who was making the most to who was making the least, and you went right in the middle, right, you took the middle person and said, how much do you make? they would say, I make $142,000 a year, okay? Um, incidentally, if you think about your high school principals, you can look this all up. It's all public records since they're uh, government employees. Uh, high school principals make $165,000 a year in Loudoun County. Um, uh, and I know, you're like, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, hey, what do I do? No, I... Um, and uh, in uh, kind of on the, the flip side of things, uh, if you look at the starting wage at the McDonald's down the street, the starting wage at the McDonald's down the street is thirteen fifty an hour, um, which would come out to around twenty eight thousand uh, dollars dollars a year. Okay, now I want to put it in a little contrast here for you, though. Okay, Shh. I want to put it in a little contrast for you. Okay, and that's this. If our, if our median household income is 142000 you pull up that same data for Haiti, okay? Pull up the same data for Haiti, and the median, median income for a Haitian is $1,250 a year. $142,000 versus 
250. The principle of the school that we work with. Principal, so this is, this is you know, a pretty good job. It's actually one of the top jobs uh, in town. Uh, they make about $3,000 a year, okay? One of the top jobs in town, one of the steadiest, et cetera, 3000 some bonuses, maybe $3,500 uh, a year. If you're talking to, like, the base teachers there at the school in, in Haiti, make about $2,200, $2,300 uh, a year. Um, some of the basic workers make about $1,500 uh, a year. Um, and it is in a country that has 50% unemployment. Now, this median salary of $1,250 a year, I am willing to bet most of you here, if you just mow a few lawns, babysit a few times, you'll make this in a year. Almost every one of you. I mean, I, I know enough of your, like the work you do and things like that. I mean, shoot, if you babysit, you know, you think about it. If you babysit uh, once a week, you're going to come pretty close to this, right? Um, and now, a lot of people will say, well, well, but things also cost a lot more here. Yeah, that's true about our houses. Our houses do cost a lot more. They're also a lot nicer. They don't have air conditioning in their houses there. We have windows on our houses, a room and a bed for everyone in your family, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but most things cost the exact same there. I mean, it's not like Apple is like, you know what? We want more Haitians to have iPhones. So we are going to discount our iPhones by 90% when we sell them in Haiti. No, they cost the same. They actually cost a little more there. Um, I'm sure if there was the, uh, if there was the uh, Haitian version of Facebook Marketplace, Lee could find one a little cheaper. Um, but I was, I was looking at... Uh, just out of, out of curiosity, I went on Verizon's website uh, the other day, and I was curious what, they would, what it would cost for a, a 512-gigabyte iPhone 13 Max with unlimited data service. That costs $126 a month. That's, the bait, that's what Verizon quoted me, um, which works out to about $1,500 and change for a year. $1,500 and change for a year um, is, is basically, if, if you got the latest iPhone, you can expect that you're paying probably what they're making a year or close to it. I mean, I like my Chipotle. And when I go to Chipotle, this is what you order, okay? You order a steak bowl, $9.70, okay? Steak, uh, you drink, you get the base drinks, $2.65. Chips, I like the chips. I just, there's something just really good about Chipotle chips. I don't know what it is. Do what? Buck seventy, Okay. With tax, with tax, my order comes to $14.89 if I get my dream order, okay? If I were to get my dream order at Chipotle once a week, it would come out to about $775 a year. Oh, and I still got $500 bucks left to, uh, or $475 bucks left for everything else. My point is, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. It's not wrong to have an iPhone or enjoy Chipotle or anything like that. My point is, we all think we are poor because we compare ourselves to people who are ridiculously wealthy, right? You think, hey, well, I'm not Jeff Bezos who's like bored today, so he builds his own rocket ship, right? I am not that, so I'm, I'm not rich. But the reality is, if we look at ourselves compared to the rest of the world, we are incredibly, ridiculously rich. I guarantee I'm almost positive everyone in here is in the top 1% of wealthy people in the world. 
if maybe not the top 1%, at least the top 5%. And you hear all the things on, on, in the world, on the news right now, and people are like, we need to tax that 1%. We need to you are that 1% as we look at the rest of the world. I am that 1%. We are so ridiculously wealthy and blessed. And again, that's not a problem. Okay, God isn't, you know, God isn't condemning us or anything, uh, anything like that. But we, as we are in this blessed to bless series, right? We want to talk about what is our responsibility for this blessing? We have the money, we have the resources. What is our responsibility? God isn't saying it's wrong that you have wealth. But he does command us for how to live as rich? How do we live with that wealth? How do we invest it well? How do we say, God, you have richly blessed me, and I want to bless other people? Um, and so, um, for a time today, I want to talk a little bit about money, and I know that's kind of an awkward subject for, for, for a lot of people, but it is something the Bible talks a lot about, and it's something that causes a ton of stress to people, and you might, be, you might hear some things today that maybe you're just filing away for five years in the future. And that's fine. But we have a responsibility. And here's kind of the, the key point I want, you to, I want you to hear today. Give and you'll find life. Hoard and you'll end empty. That's kind of the, the key thing. If you take away nothing else today, give and you will find life. Hoard and you will end empty. And I can't tell you the number of people I know that have so much money, so much wealth, and are stressed and worried and frantic and just can't, don't know what to do uh, with it. And it keeps them up at, at night because they're hoarding and they're going to end empty. Um, so at your table, here's what I want you to do. You've got two minutes at your table. If you were as rich as Bezos, Musk, or whoever, um, what would you do with your money? Second, do you see yourself as rich? And then how would seeing yourself as rich affect the way you live? Okay, got two minutes, go. Okay, five of your attention, please. I'm going to pray for us, and then we are going to dive into God's Word together. God in heaven, um, God, you have richly blessed us, Lord, and we come before you grateful and thankful for that, Lord. And so, God, now, as we, as we dive into your word, I pray you teach us, you instruct us, you would help us to see uh, how you would have us uh, live with what you've blessed us with, Lord. And I pray you just, uh, just grow our heart to be grateful and thankful and generous for you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to be looking at a passage that is in the end of 1 Timothy. I know we just finished a series looking at 2 Timothy, very similar context here. Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, one of his uh, kind of primary uh, disciples, guys he's mentored, spent a lot of time with, and he's talking about a lot of different topics on how to lead the church, how to live and invest uh, in the church, and here he's going to talk about how to lead those who are rich. And he says this in verse 17 of chapter 6. He says, as for the rich in this present age, so FYI, that is you, Charge them not to be haughty, nor set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Okay? Now, walking through, uh, walking through this verse, he, say, he starts off and says, these are instructions for those who are rich. Um, and, and so this is his, his charge to them. It's like, this is how you should live. This is how I should uh, live. 
So first thing he says is, don't be haughty. Can anyone tell me, what does haughty mean? Haughty, anyone? Yes. Arrogant, Arrogant. okay. Yeah, he's like, starts off and he says, don't be, any, anyone else want to define haughty? Okay, yeah, it's the arrogant, kind of this snobby, uh, snobby sort, uh, sort of thing. Um, it's this, I'm richer than you, therefore I am better. And he's I kind of break down his instructions to the rich. His first thing is, don't uh, be arrogant. And I think this is a real struggle in our current political discussion. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's one side that's like, hey, we need to tax that wealthy 1% and all that sort of stuff. And then there's those uh, on the kind of the other side that say, well, it's not our fault. We work harder than you. We're not lazy. You don't have money because you're lazy. And that's in so many ways. There's just, just an arrogance uh, in that. I mean, I know dozens of Haitians that are smarter than I, I am, that are harder working than I am, um, that have all these attributes. Yet for almost every one of them, they, in their whole lifetime, I'll make more than them in probably a year or two of working than what they'll make in a lifetime. And, uh, you know, and, and it, there is just straight up so many opportunities that you and I have been blessed with um, that, in, that if we come up and we just say, look, Amer- U.S. has more wealth than the Haitians because we're harder working than the Haitians. That is so arrogant. Of not, I mean, that is, like, just irks me just even thinking about, thinking about that. Um, and I, I hope you see that, that the arrogance that we can think, well, we have money, therefore we must, uh, we must be smarter. Um, I see this all the time when I'm sitting in my McDonald's booth writing my sermons and, and doing other things. I, I like, that's where I do a lot of my writing. And people come in all the time and yell at McDonald's employees over the dumbest things. I asked for no ketchup, and you put ketchup on my, my burger. How, can you, how are you so incompetent? And they just like rail on these people. I'm like, dude, what is your problem? Like, I mean, they're, look, they're just sorry they put ketchup on, on it. Dude, this, this guy came in the other week, and I, anyway. Um, but he railed out, I'm not going to get into too much, but it's, it, was, it was really frustrating for me to watch. And at the end of all of it, uh, Fatima, one of the employees who, uh, there who I know well, came up and talked to me, and she was just, she was almost in tears, and she said to me, he just thinks he's better than me. And she, here she is. She's from Kyrgyzstan, just trying to make a living and keep food on the table for her kids. And he's like, she just, he just thinks she's better. And so when I have, that's, a, that's just kind of another example of what arrogance would look like. I know what I'm doing. How are you so incompetent? Blah, 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 blah. Um, the reality is every human being has value to their creator because they were created and all each of us were created in the image and likeness of God. Every human you interact with, God cares about. People ask me all the time, why do we, why do we go to Haiti? Well, God cares for the people of Haiti. Why would I invest here? Because God cares for them. And one of the temptations of riches is we start thinking we've earned it, we're just better. Yeah, you could have done some hard work. I'm not, I'm not saying don't work hard or anything like that. But so much of what we have is because God, we've just been blessed. 
You know, another way we see this, our society, again, talks a lot about entitlements. You should be entitled to get free college, $15 minimum wage, a bigger house, a nicer car. Um, and again, none of these are bad. Even again, in this verse, it says, you know, God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. None of these are bad. But when we start thinking, this is what I deserve because I am so awesome, I hope you see just that arrogance in that entitled mentality. When I'm entitled for things, I'm not grateful for them. It's what I deserve, and you better provide this, government or other people, the parents. We look to our parents all the time with this entitled mentality of this is what my parents better give me because my friend got an iPhone 13. I should have an iPhone 13. I can't believe my parents are so stingy and won't buy that for me, right? I'm sure you see that with some of your friends and you watch it on the outside and you look at them like, I remember a friend in high school who was like, it's the worst. I had to drive the Beamer today because the Mercedes was in the shop. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow, that is the worst, right? Um, you know, it, we see this all the time, but anytime we think that's what I deserve, I'm self-focused. It's about me, 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 me. And that is the arrogance that's the haughtiness of riches. Next thing you see here, it says, don't set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Here's a kind of an image I want you to, want you to think about here, right? I got a music stand here, um, and I got this table here. Both, I could put my notes on either one, and I could read, read my notes from either one of them. That could look, look cool, look awesome. But if I lean on this table, it holds me. I can chillax on this table. I can talk at you. If I come over here, it doesn't hold me, right? And in the same way, I pray that you would see that truth when it comes to money. Money is like the music stand. If you really lean on it, it will eventually crumble. You think of all the people who were so rich pre-COVID and then they lost their business uh, as, as COVID kind of changed things up. The stock market, Bitcoin, all those things, they go up and down and you can make a lot of money really fast and you can lose it. If you ever go to Reddit or slash uh, uh, subreddit Wall Street Bets, you see all these people like, oh, I YOLO'd all my money on this stock and oh, dang, I lost all my money. I'm like, well, you were an idiot. Um, but it comes and it goes. I mean, look at the number of athletes out there that made millions in their career and now are bankrupt. Um, not to be morbid, but all the money in the world can't cure you of a lot of sicknesses, diseases, etc. Instead, God says, put your hope in God, not the uncertainty of riches. And you're like, what does that even mean? Well, in Haiti, if someone is sick, the first thing they say is, hey, we need to get some people to pray for us. Okay, when we were there in Haiti this, this last week, I'm pretty sure Pastor Francois' wife, Madhu, was dealing with some kidney stones. The first two days she was there, she was like, like could not walk. I felt really bad for her. She was just in so much pain, just like barely moving. And she pulls me aside one day and she's like, Aaron, can you just pray for me? I'm like, okay. And so I, I spent some time just with her, just praying for her. And the next day she woke up and she's like, oh, I'm all better now. And she was like, it's because you prayed for me. And, and there was part of me that was like, this is really weird and creepy. Like, my prayer really doesn't do that much. But it shows you, it reveals you what I think. 
I think when you're sick, you're dealing with a kidney stone. Well, you should go see a doctor and he can give you some Percocet. I don't know, whatever they give you to pass a kidney stone. Or they, they got all these other different things to help you pass, pass a kidney stone. Uh, whatever. I think what can a doctor or what can money, how can that solve the problem? And their, their first thought is, how can I turn to the Lord in prayer? Um, Remember a few weeks ago uh, when I was uh, here teaching about trusting in God, I told the story about Fahrenheit and Celsius and all that sort of stuff. And kind of my two key points of two ways we trust in God is that we yield to the Bible's authority um, and we rest in God's promises. Uh, you know, I- instead of seeking money as the solution, God is commanding us to follow, to follow His commands. So many times when you put money first, you will have to, uh, you'll have to go against one of God's commands. You'll have to say, well, this is only a little lie, not a big deal, this is only a little deceitful. Um, and also, uh, that, that resting in His promises, I'm not stressed about it. Again, I see so many of my friends that are just so stressed about, well, the market is up, the market is down, and buying, losing this. Alternatively, as Casey was talking about last week, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. So our instructions for, for the rich, don't be arrogant, don't hope in uncertain riches. Money, it's going to be like this. If I lean into it, I'm going to fall flat on my face. But God and his word is a rock that I can lean into. Um, you and I have been blessed. And again, it, it, uh, it says we're free to enjoy these things. It's not wrong that we have them, but it's wrong if I don't realize where they came from. If I, uh, if I give, I will find life. If I hoard, I end up empty. Uh, at your tables, real quick, talk about these next few questions. How are rich people haughty? Maybe what are some ways we can fall in that trap? And how do rich people set their hope in riches? Go. What, what, are, some, what are some ways that rich people can be haughty? Where, where do we see that kind of in our world? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you got to have a lot, I got to show off, yeah. I think their time is more important than others. Okay, I think my time is more valuable than your time or, and things like that, yeah. Okay, I credit it to my own doing, this is what, this is what I've done, whatever, and Drake. Okay, yeah, kind of the sense of entitlement. Okay, um, what are some ways that we set our hope on riches? And I, I want to see some ways that, Maybe, maybe you guys here, if you believe we wanted to be a little more transparent, what are ways that you see uh, yourself kind of setting, setting your hope on, on riches, on your own riches? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thinking money equals happiness. Look, I, I need, I mean, that's the, the, the thing you're always told, well, you need to get good grades so you can get a good college, so you can get a good job, so you can make lots of money, so you can be happy. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, the, the world revolves around what college you get into, and if you do not get into the right college, your whole world and life will end, okay? Uh, yeah, Matthew. Okay, yeah, I mean, whatever the difficulty is in life, it's like, okay, hey, how can I, how can I find the money and just pay, pay for it uh, to deal with it? Now, as he continues... 
uh, in verse uh, 18, this is what Paul writes. He says, this again, continuing the instructions to the rich, there to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so they may take hold of that which is truly life. Okay? Um, so, as, as, we, as we see kind of the next thing here, he talks about how we're supposed to be generous and ready to share. So his instructions to the rich that we're not to be arrogant, uh, we're not to put our hope in the uncertainty of riches, and then it's be generous and ready to share, okay? Now, the problem is you might think, but Aaron, I don't have any money. Like, I don't know what, what would I practically what would, how would I practically do, uh, do anything uh, there? Well, first thing I would, I would just encourage you in is you do have to plan to be generous. This concept is it says, be ready to share. You need to put yourself in a place where you can be generous. And what I mean by that is out of every paycheck I receive, I automatically have a portion deducted to go to some charities that I want to support. Before it even comes into my usage of it, it's, it's going there. Um, and then there's a portion of, of every paycheck I receive that goes into, a, uh, that goes into an account. Um, and then money, at, my wife and I just call it our give account, right? And money grows in that account. And then when we see a need, it's not like, oh man, how are we going to help with that need? We already are like, hey, we got the money set aside, ready to meet uh, ready to meet that need or ready to help uh, with that need. So maybe, maybe you have a little jar in your room and every time you babysit and you got 25 bucks for babysitting, you know, you put, a, put five bucks in that jar so that it's ready to give, ready to, uh, it's there for, uh, for um, you know, for when there, when there is a need. So you're not like, man, I'd really like to help with that, but I, I don't have anything ready. Um, you know, you get some cash for Christmas, put some aside uh, for somebody else. Maybe you need to keep some change around so you can kind of break that 20, put, you know, two in your give and the rest to, to use and whatever uh, you want to do. And, and my point is you have to prepare to be generous. And if you're thinking right now, and you're like, I don't know how I If you start preparing, you will find things to be generous to. Uh, whether it's, you know, things in Haiti or other missionaries. Maybe you're like, hey, I have a friend who, who really wants to come to Winter Retreat but can't afford to come. Um, but hey, I've, I've slowly saved up and in my, my give jar, there's 100 bucks in there. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'd love to help them there. And so you're not kind of like scrounging around, how would I, how would I do that? Um, this goes back a little bit to uh, what uh, Casey was talking about last week. I know many of you are, are busy doing a lot of great things and have a full schedule. And that's awesome. You, you know, I'm not against that in any way. But I know a lot of you, we spent, I'll put it this way. If you talk to me in high school, I just spent a lot of my time wasted uh, in high school and college just playing video games and things like that. And if I were to go back to myself, I probably would have said, Aaron, you could find some productive things you could do. Maybe, Aaron, you should get a job, right? Um, but think about it. If you went and said, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm just wasting a lot of my time. I could get a job, and I might not earn a million dollars, and that's fine, but I could take that, and I'll give 25, 50% of that away uh, to other people, those in need. You know, here, 
If you want to have your parents like jaws just drop, um, go to your parents and say, you know, mom, dad, I think I spend too much time wasted playing video games or something else. Is there an idea you have that I could, I could maybe make some more money because I want to be generous? Parents' jaws would be like, what are we doing right here? Um, you know, I mean, it's getting colder right now. You can make up a little flyer and pass it around to a bunch of your neighbors and be like, hey, I'd be happy to rake your leaves next year. I'd like to support five kids going to school in Haiti next year. And so I want to rake a bunch of leaves to, to do that or, or whatever other, uh, other jobs it is. Um, but, you know, if, you're, if you want to be generous and ready to share, right, it, it takes a little proactivity on your part, okay? It's, uh, you know, this, this concept of generous. Yeah, I don't want to be the stingy one. You know, if you're out with your friends and, you know, um, uh, you know, hey, yeah, I'm happy to spot you a few bucks, offer some gas. You want to be that one that has that generous uh, and giving attitude. No one likes the person who's like super stingy. Um, but be generous and ready to share. It takes some of the planning. Last thing I, I'd mention with this generous and ready to share thing is you might think, hey, I have no money. But right now, you are using your parents' money in a lot of ways. And you can invest and use that wisely, or you can make a lot of really poor choices with their money. And just kind of practically, you know, I don't know what your arrangements you have with your parents, whether they just give you spending money, but let's just talk college for a second, okay? Because I know that's big on a lot of your brains and coming up for a, a lot of you. Um, sometimes it's really easy with the schools to be like, ooh, that one's shiny. I like that school. I didn't want to go to that school. But when you pick the school you go to, you should consider what does that school cost? Even if you're not the one ultimately paying for it, right? Even if your parents are like, hey, we'll pay for you to go to whatever college. Um, you know, as you think about it, you, it really, I mean, it's, it's not being, I think, honestly wise with your parents' money if you say, hey, you know what? That school looks really cool. It costs $150,000 a year to go to or some ridiculous amount of money to go to. I think, you know, I'm not even thinking about it. You know, if you want another, like, ask your, you know, have your parents' jaws drop, go to them and, hey, I've applied for all these scholarships and say, Mom, you know, if I get this, like, $5,000 scholarship, could, could you maybe give an extra $1,000 to a charity that I choose? I'm willing to bet if you, if you got the $5,000 scholarship, parents were like, Sure, you put that work in, get in that. Well, you know, that's ways that you can invest, that you can be generous with, uh, you can be generous with your, you know, with, with the resources your parents say. You know, on a smaller scale, you could say, hey, mom, could my Christmas present from you this year to be to sponsor a kid to Compassion International in Africa or whatever? You guys are wealthy and we have to follow these instructions. And we can't just say, hey, this is for someone else. This is for someone else. You've got to take uh, that initiative. Going back, uh, going back to the verse, you just see the initiative. Be generous and ready to share. And then you see the why. Storing up for yourself uh, treasures. Good foundation for the future. Take hold of that which is truly life. It's Again, he's not saying having money is bad, but he's saying, how are you and I investing, investing that? Um, and 
I've met a lot of people who are just like ridiculously wealthy, okay? And, you know, some, like, anyway. Then in the same way that like I will make more in a year or two than the people in Haiti, they probably make uh, more in a year or two than I will make in my lifetime. And someone I hang out with, they are just so stressed all the time about their money. Like, well, the market's down. I don't know. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why are you so stressed? Why are you so anxious about it? You know, and I look at them and kind of with my judgmental eye of like, you just need to have some faith and trust God and all this, all this sort of stuff. But what they're doing is they're living out the, the negative effects that this verse is telling you about. If we're not ready to share, if we're not, if we're putting our hopes on riches, we're not storing ourselves treasures for the future, and we're missing out on what is truly life. Having a big pile of money will never give you life. I've sat with so many Haitians that have far more joy than I will ever have, have far more peace than I will ever have. You know, this guy right here uh, is, uh, is Pastor Silvio, okay? Um, I, I, he is just really faithfully serves uh, in everything. He works uh, at the school as kind of one of the administrators. But, um, and, and he's another guy that I'm sure is, well, not I'm sure. He's harder working, smarter, et cetera, than me and, um, you know, makes a couple grand a year. Um, but I remember sitting on the roof of his house uh, and some people from RBC had given some money to help uh, build him a house. And we're sitting up on the roof of his house. And this just that, that he was just so grateful for that people here had, had blessed him with um, and just so, so thankful. And I'm just listening to him and his wife and his kids um, and, and the joy that they had. I don't have to tell you, there was a deep satisfaction that I had being there, being part of that, being part of the way God, God had blessed him um, for years of faithfully serving. And, and I was like, man, this is just such a rich, rich time, Lord. This is such a cool blessing to be a part of. And I was thinking about it, um, thinking about that, and then thinking about the cost that it is that is put on me to go, right? Um, I've spent, you know, I mean, it's at least a grand every time I go for myself um, and, and for others. I spent a lot of money doing it. But I, I guarantee you, I have found far more life in that than I have in having another grand in my bank account. The things I look back in in life with so much joy are all times where I've been generous. With my time, as Casey talked about last week, or my, with my money, or just, and as we're going to continue to talk in this series, the times where I've been generous, those are what I look back on with the greatest joy. I think it goes back uh, to the, just the, the truth of, of, of the gospel. This is the same thing God did for you and for me. He could have been arrogant and kept himself, stayed up in heaven. Uh, it talks about in Philippians 2 about how he humbled himself to come into this world. He humbled himself to come into this world and to die on a cross for your sins and for my sins. 
You know, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. This is the truth of the gospel of what He has done for us. And He's, and he's commanding us. He's challenging us. Man, hey, as I have cared for you, I died for you, I loved you, I gave my life for you, I rose from the dead to give life to anyone who would believe. As I've done that for you, now you're supposed to reciprocate that to those around you. You've been blessed to be a blessing. And so much of my life, again, as I look back, that's where I found the joy in doing that exact same thing. Give, I believe you will find life. Hoard and make it all about how much money I have in my bank account, my 401k and all that other sort of stuff. And it's going to leave me worried, stressed, uh, and empty. Don't be arrogant. These are God's commands for us. Don't put my hope in the uncertainty of riches. Don't want to lean into this music stand the same way I lean into this table. Be generous and ready to share. Because that is what the God of the universe did for you and for me. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you that you have loved us, that you've cared for us, that you've died for us. You have been so good to us, Lord. And God, out of a response to your goodness, your kindness, your mercy to us, God, I pray that we would go out and be generous people to the world around us, that we would be your witness and your testimony to this world, God. And I know this concept today of money is really tough, uh, for students where they're at. But God, I pray that even now you would develop in each of us today that generous heart that says, God, I know I've been richly blessed, so I want to go out and bless other people. Uh, God, I pray that we would be intentional about being generous, about thinking uh, about how we care about, how we invest in, how we love uh, those around us, Lord. You are really, really good. And we worship you and praise you today. In your son's name we pray, amen. So at your tables, here's what I need you to do. Just one quick application. What's one way you need to start living like a rich person or living like a rich person should? I think there's something wrong with that. How should you live like a rich person this week? You know, whether it's not be arrogant, not put your hopes in riches, generous, ready to share. One way you can practically apply something you are today, go.